Shark Week, W-E-A-K, and this is going to be a great series as we look at it. Life's about swimming with a pack of predators. It really is. And um, just to be totally candid, we put everything out on the table. You and I face sharks all the time in the world that we live in, and we work with them. You may play with them. You may... Uh, they may be in your relationships, and no, this series is not about lawyers, okay, just to put that out there. It's about sharks. We all swim with sharks in our life. What are you dealing with? What is your shark? It could be a toxic relationship. It could be a substance abuse issue today. It could be money that you're facing. It's just crazy. What is your shark? Life really is about swimming with the sharks. How many of you like the movie Jaws? You really like watching that. There's a few. There's not too many in here. And so I've read about them. I watch on TV. I do watch Shark Week on Discovery. It is great. How many of you in real life knowingly have swum and swam with the sharks? Come on, let me see your hands. There's a few. You've done that. Okay, I've never done that. I've never swam with sharks, but I have a few pictures. We were on vacation last week. We were in an aquarium. This is kind of the closest I've come to even being. This is a sandbar shark. And so you see there are all kinds of sharks, right, in, in the world that we live in. But I want to encourage you today to be shark smart, shark smart. We swim with sharks, literally. If you think about the sharks and the sharks in our life, think about the issue the people or the person or situation that is circling you right now. You know, their fins are kind of knifing through the water. You've seen it. And so I'm, I don't know what your shark is. You don't know what my shark is. We all swim with sharks. What's going to be amazing is next week, Michael Phelps is going to race a shark for Shark Week. So that's going to be pretty interesting. I'm going to try to tune in and watch that. How do you swim with these predators? How do you negotiate? the sharky waters of our life. You know, who are you around? Who are you hanging out with? In what situations are you a part of? You know, are you hanging out with dolphins, you know, or, or sharks? You know, it's amazing. Sharks are cannibalistic. They'll, they'll eat each other. But dolphins, they won't do that. And when a dolphin is hurt, they will nurse each other. They will take care of each other. Who are you swimming with? Reminds me of a story, you probably remember this in the Old Testament. I remember David. David was on the run, and a great white shark was chasing God's man, trying to take him out. Now, David was in a place called Ziklag, if you remember, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 17. And I love this because his mighty warriors are around him when he is asking this. And he says this, he asks this, are you with me or have you come to betray me? Are you with me or have you come to betray me? And then they said, David, success. We want success for you more than anything else. Who are you swimming with? What situation is in your life? There are several types of people that we meet in life. And before we get to our main portion of scripture today, which will be out of Acts chapter 16, I want you to hear a couple of these descriptions of people, the different types of people that we meet in our life and are potentially in our life. We meet some who are the with yous. Can you say that? The with yous. I mean, people who have got your back. In the thick and the thin, it doesn't matter. They are there. How many of you know the Bible says Jesus is with us? doesn't matter what we're going through. That is who he is. It's represented inside of his name. And he's not going to leave us. He, he's not going to forsake us. He does have our back. He's been there. 
we really do serve a sympathetic Savior. He's been through the challenges of life like we have and are going through. He is always with us. But also, as we're in community, we meet people that we do life with. They are people that are with us. They are people that love us. And they are people that are loyal to us. No matter what you are going through, no matter what is going on, they are the with yous. Another type of people is the for yous. Can you say that? The for yous. The for yous are like fans. Yeah, I love you, girl. I love you, man. That's awesome. Chest bump. Woohoo. I mean, but as quick as they come and say that, they have departed off to other waters and onto other things. At one moment, they say, I'm 100% with you. In the next moment, they are gone. Right? They are the for yous in our life. Um, they're fans. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. Well, David said, are you with me or have you come to betray me? And some people are use use. Can you say that? Use use are sharks that disguise themselves as flipper. They're not flipper. They are jaws. They are people that come. They come and they come in our lives and they betray us. Jesus knew all about betrayal. He had these people in his life as well. We're swimming with sharks. And we're negotiating negative people all the time. Life is like that a lot of times. If you don't see any sharks, I just want to tell you today, just wait. Sharks will show up because the blood is in the water. Blood is in the water, and it's a matter of time. Matthew 10, verse 16, Jesus told his disciples, hey, I send you out as sheep amongst wolves. In our context, I send you out as sheep among the great whites, did Jesus dive with the sharks? Oh, absolutely. They were around him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees were around him. They ended up nailing to the cross, the sharks. He totally identified with you and me. So you wonder maybe, well, can I even come back from attack? How do you do that when things have been torn out of my life? You know, there's, there's hunks that are gone out of me, out of, away from my heart, away from my life. Let's face it, all of us will get, get attacked by sharks. You know, and I'm not talking about the ocean, Right? I'm talking about in real life, in our day-to-day -day world. Because bad things happen to good people, we understand that, and we're gonna get chewed up and gnawed on. And maybe, just maybe, you're hearing like, okay, I've been attacked, and I've been attacked in relationships, and friendship, financially, whatever it is. You may not even be able to put it into words today. However, we have to understand that we live in a fallen, sinful world. Bad things do happen to good people. You wonder, can I come back from this attack? And that's a great question. And I want to just say this. Those wounds that you have received from the past, the wounds either define us or refine us. The wounds in our life, they either define us or refine us. And there's a couple of guys in the, in the New Testament I want to talk about today. One is Paul. You've heard of him. And then Paul, this guy you understand who hated Christians. His name was Saul then. The guy who persecuted the church, had people killed. One day, something shifted inside of him, and he never went back. He had a pivot point situation, and he opened his life to Christ and made Jesus the ruler of his heart. And from that day forward, we see this brilliant man was never the same. Once he was, one moment he's persecuting the church, and now he's building the church in Jesus' name. There was another guy named Silas, another guy that served the Lord. He was a missionary as well. 
a Christ follower. And these guys tenaciously followed the Lord. You know, they wanted to go to one area of the world to spread the good news of the gospel, and those doors were shut. How many of you know that sometimes God shuts doors in our life? How many of you know that? That there's doors that are shut. We've come across it in many things, many different circumstances. But the Lord gave them a new direction. Would you say this with me? New direction. New direction. God gave them a new direction. Every time God gives us a new direction in our life, the sharks will show up. You have to know this, and I want you to understand this, and more importantly, the word of the Lord wants us, God wants us to be wise, is every time we have a new direction in our life, the sharks are going to show up. Paul and Silas head to a place called Philippi, and it was in Macedonia, and it was a little Rome. That's what it was called, little Rome. A number of little Romes in this area ruled by Romans. They were, there are very few Jews there. Some of you know Paul was a Roman citizen, and the people of Philippi didn't know it. Well, Silas and Paul met this lady in the fashion industry, a very wealthy woman. Her name was Lydia. You, and, yeah, this is a great woman out of the Bible. Lydia opened her home to these missionaries, two followers of Christ. And not only did she open her home, she opened the mansion of her heart to them in the message of the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. She became a Christ follower. All of a sudden, though, in this new direction, a shark showed up. Paul was doing the right thing, and so was Silas. He's like, dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. I mean, when you, you kind of hear that, you're like, I don't want to be anywhere near water, right? I'm like, I'm going to back out of this situation. There was a girl that came across them, and when they, you, you hear, you, you see this in the scripture, the girl was a fortune teller. And if, if, you, if you study what the word fortune teller means in the original language, it's the spirit of python. It's like a snake, and it dates back to the time of Apollo. And it was a fortune telling spirit. The girl began to yell at Paul and Silas, and the Bible says they were following in the new direction that the Lord had given to them. Lydia had just given her heart to the Lord. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to pray, and this little girl tries to distract them and get them off their game. Come on, Paul and Silas, you're serving the one true God, really, that she's yelling over and over. And the scripture tells us, and after a couple of days, Paul and Silas became irritated, so they turned and they cast this evil spirit out of her. That didn't go over well because her owners were making a lot of money from this girl telling fortunes and doing all of this crazy stuff. So you've got a new direction, right? They're going this new way. They've heard from the Lord, and then all of a sudden, you have a new distraction, a, a little shark, you know, kind of a baby shark, you know, just coming up and yelling and nin, 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 saying things here and there, yelling at Paul and Silas. That is, I don't know about you, but it's so true in my life. When God puts you on a new direction, distractions will come from many places. You know, even just simply just hearing from the Lord that you realize that you're just trying to spend time hearing from the Lord and spending time and reading God's word, you realize the distractions will come out of nowhere, right? 
you know, the kids and, and the dog and the craziness of, of the world, the phone, you know, you're looking at things will pop up and you're like, oh, man, they, I need to get back with them. Doesn't the distractions come when you try to go a new direction? Every time you try to go in a new direction, you're not going to get there without a fight. You know, it's not just going to be handed to you. You're going to have to fight for it. So it's, they're there to get you off your game. That's for sure. And it's never easy to go to church, is it? Now, you've chosen to come to church today, which is amazing and awesome. And those of you that are at home today and you live in the area, we'd love to have you come and be seated right here with us in the weeks to come to be a part of this series. We understand if you're many, many miles away. But it's, there's a lot of distractions. I hear it all the time. Man, our family barely made it out of the house today. The kids were screaming. The dog threw up and had diarrhea. And we're doing this. And we're trying to. And we're, all of these things begin to come at us, you know. You know, distractions. You know, one of the things we talk about on staff here many times, we encourage our staff to say, listen, there's a lot of well-meaning things we could do. But that doesn't mean we should do it. We have to learn to eliminate the distractions that come day by day by day as we center and focus on Jesus Christ and the call and in the mission that he's called us to live. There are going to be distractions and we need to know how to ruthlessly deal with the distractions that come into our life in the new direction that God is giving to us. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16 and verse 19 as we look into this story some more. It says this, when the owners of the slave girl realized their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul. Sounds like an attack. And Silas together and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews. They're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and to be beaten. What's amazing is, is what we hear in the day that we live in over and over, and it keeps getting amplified and magnified. They played the race card. These Jews... These Jews, these Jews, then they played the flash mob card. They're in the Macedonian mall causing this flash mob, you know. This is what they're doing. Then they played the religious card. Man, they're trying to jam customs and God down our throat. What was the deal? The deal was they had cast out this demon from the slave girl who was making them all of this money and they lied about them, exaggerated, attacked them, drugged them before the authorities, and everybody joined in on the attack. That was the situation. We have to know this. When you get a new direction, you're going to have a new distraction. A new direction, a new distraction. Say that with me. A new direction, a new distraction. Paul and Silas, what were they about? They were about teaching and preaching the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's about who he is. Jesus shed his blood for you and shed his blood for me. He took the licks that we deserved so that we could know him and understand his new direction for our lives. That is the situation. So when you're about the blood of Jesus, 
When that is in your life and you have a calling, when the blood is in the water, the sharks will show up every single time. I want you to understand that because we are not a church that sits there and tries to paint this stuff a different way, we try to be as real as we can. Coming to Jesus is the greatest thing that you can do with your life as an act of worship. But let me tell you as well, when you do that, the blood is in the water and the sharks are going to come out and attack you. They're going to come to deceive you. They're going to come to distract you from the very call that God has placed upon your life. We're talking about the blood of forgiveness here. We're talking about mercy and grace, and the sharks show up. Your life and my life, we're the same. Whenever there's a breakthrough, whenever there's an opportunity, whenever God wants to lead you somewhere, I promise you, get ready as you go in the new direction. There's going to be a new distraction in the form of a shark. You walk with God, you're going to face sharks. I'd say, you know, yeah, even if you don't serve the Lord today, you're going to have things that are going to arise and distract you, and I just want to let you know something that without God, you're not going to survive the attack. You will not survive the attack that would come against your life. So I tell you, we really, we really don't understand that. But it's in Christ that we will survive the attack as we are going through it. God can give us meaning in the attacks upon our life. God can give us meaning. He never wants to waste a crisis. How many of you know that? God never wastes a crisis. Do you know that? If you're going through a crisis today, God's not going to waste it. He's not going to waste, he's not going to waste your time because he's doing something right now in the midst of the crisis. So you may be about the blood of Jesus, the forgiving, the cleansing blood of Jesus that sets people free. Let me tell you something. The enemy, the chief predator, hates the blood of Jesus Christ. But how many of you know that the blood of Jesus Christ will see you through and will give you victory in Jesus' name? Amen. That's right. The Bible says they were beaten. The word beaten in Latin is the word lictors. You hear the phrase taking your licks, that's what you get it from. They were beaten, they were thrown into the dungeon, backs bleeding, feet fastened, their torso being stretched in excruciating pain. And Paul and Silas, think about this, I'm talking about Paul and Silas, great men of God, anointed, appointed, and they're getting attacked. I'm telling you, attacks happen. You won't be able to get away from it, but it's what you do in it. You know, we live in a fallen, fallible place here on earth. Sharks are in the water. What do you do? But God wants you to know he will not waste this attack. He will not waste it. He doesn't want you to waste a, a moment in it. Listen, an attack is either a setback and you never come back from it, or you see in this, out of this, you're defined by the attack for the rest of your life. See, so many people, they go through an attack and they've allowed it to define them forever. They've allowed that to be the story of their heart. Oh, man, and, and, and this happened in my childhood. Oh, the attack happened in my business or in, in my athletic world. The attack, the financial attack. You know, and many people are just defined by it, and they live in a perpetual state of setback after setback. Listen, you and I are either defined by it or we are refined by it. How many of you know that God wants you and I to be refined by the, the attack that we're going through. He does. He wants us to be refined, not defined by it. Let it let's be people that say, you know what, I'm a better person for it on the other side of this attack. I've learned from it, and guess what? How many of you know that when you go through the attack, God's doing something inside of you? How many of you know that he's chipping away all the stuff 
and the junk and the excess, and you're thinking, this really hurts, God. And it does. That's for sure as we surrender to the Lord. But he's chipping it all away to get to the source and the core of who he's called you to be in his calling. God never wastes a crisis. Paul and Silas thrown in the dungeon. We understand that bad things happen to good people. You know, it's amazing. Um, there was a religious festival I heard about in South America. They were selling trinkets and all these religious tr trinkets. And one had a little sign that said, cheap crosses sold here. There's no such thing as a cheap cross. It cost Jesus everything. It deserves our all. Paul and Silas understood that. They had been washed by the blood of Jesus. They were preaching the blood of Jesus, a new direction. Lydia had been saved. The slave girl, the fortune teller, had been saved. Now all of a sudden they're thinking, okay, everything is, I think, going great. And they're beaten to a pulp in prison, and we're getting ready to hear some jailhouse rock. And those of you that are about 45 and above, do you, do you get me? Okay, so you see, 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 you know, and so my wife said that, I, you know, when I dance, I do shake my hips, so I have to keep my hips really straight here, so, but the, the jailhouse is about ready to rock, all right, and that's what the story goes to. You're going in God's direction. The enemy is going to try to distract you and get you and I off our game. It happens individually. It happens corporately. Now, check this out. There comes a new disposition. Can you say new disposition? At midnight in the prison, there was a guy who ran the prison, the warden. He knows, he's known as the Philippian jailer. If, if one person escaped, he's killed. You know, it's not like in our day. This is like in that day, they escape, you're dead. You're the warden, you're the jailer, boom, on the spot. So this Philippian jailer helped in this whole process of torturing and wounding, putting them in stocks and torturing them. In verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying this is unbelievable because every time I, I read this story, I'm amazed over and over and over again. Let me tell you something about God's word. The scriptures are so real and so alive. If you have read it a thousand times, it should be just as real, just as it was the first time you read it. That it comes alive in you. You're asking stories. You're asking questions about the text. Well, why did that happen? You should ask questions. This is a living word. You should say, wow, that's exciting. I wonder what happened inside of there. What's amazing, verse 25, they're praying. Paul and Silas are praying. You know, you think, we're in crisis mode here. We're locked down. Let me tell you something. We need a king of the crisis. Jesus is the king of the crisis in your life. How many of you know that today? That Jesus is the king. He is the king of your crisis. He will see you through. So as you and I are praying to God, what we're doing is we're reconnecting. We're rebooting. We're recalibrating our life and saying, Lord, this crisis situation, you have the authority in my life to do whatever you want. And also, God, you've got the power to rule over the crisis. This is the Lord wants to be the king of our crisis. We say, God, you're God and I am not. You know, there's just times life gets so overwhelming. I realize even in my own life and I'm thinking, wow, and sometimes I've made it just about me. And I've realized in those moments, I need to go hide myself in Christ. And I need to go get alone and know that God is the God of my crisis. That we hide ourselves in him. That God, you've got the power over this crisis. 
the next level you go to is this, I submit under the authority. God, I submit under your authority. It's not about me, but God, about you and your name being famous because I don't know, but you need to know this if you don't. If you're a believer in Christ in this room or wherever you're watching from, people are watching you right now. If you're a believer in Christ here today or in the sound of my voice and you don't think the non-believer, those without Christ are not watching you, you have fooled yourself and you've been duped. The non-believer is watching the Christians in these days. The non-believer is seeing, hey, you say your God is this way, you don't live it. Or they look at other people and say, you say your God's that? I see that's how you live from day in to day out. The world is watching the Christian believer. Will we be filled with hate? Or will we respond in love? Will we whine and complain? Or will we turn to the Lord and pray and worship his almighty name? The world is watching the believers. Your neighbors are watching you. They know that you leave to go to church. You're thinking, oh, that's a little creepy. Well, let me tell you something. Welcome to the world we live in where there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> People know that you go to church. Same time every Sunday morning, you get up and you go out the door. Some a little more than brunch. They are watching you and I to see how we will react and act in the day that we live in. Paul and Silas, they prayed, and they praised God. Let me tell you something. When you pray and when you praise, when you worship the Lord, it releases the power of God, and we understand his perspective on the situation and his purpose on the situation. And so you need to know this, that when our worship leaders are up here on the stage, wherever you're at, whatever situation you're in, that when they're here and they're leading in this place of worship up here, it's not for you and I just to say, oh, wow, your gifts are so great. We're thankful to the Lord for that. But it's about giving our all to the Lord in worship and adoration and praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They worship and lead up here so that you will look to Jesus. You will look to him in your crisis because man can't do it, but God will do it for you. If you'll just get a hold of that, if you'll just get a hold of him, he will do something great inside of you. Amen? So we'll come and that's what we, we long for. We hunger for him. So that when you pray and praise, it releases the power of God. So you're going in a new direction. And you're going to have a new distraction. But by God's grace, he can give us a new disposition. At midnight, they begin to pray and praise God. And when they started doing that, what happened? God just elbowed his earthquake angel. Boom, it's time for you to go. And in the jail house began to rock. I mean, crazy. The chains fell off every prisoner. The doors flew open. Here's what's so whack about that. None of the prisoners left. I mean, the day and age we live, I mean, see ya. I mean, right? They're gone. I mean, you know that's a God moment. When God's shaking the house and no prisoner leaves. They hung out in the Philippian jail. The whole thing began to rock. So, so the Philippian jailer, the Bible tells us he got upset. He freaked out because, listen, he thinks, I, I'm done. And uh, he's, he's going to kill himself. And there's like, no, 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 no. Hey, we're all here, Paul and Silas said. We're here. 
Everything's going to be all right. And the Philippian jailer asked the most profound question in the world. The question that every follower of Christ has asked. Verse 30, sirs, he's talking to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? I mean, that is one of the most profound questions you could ever ask. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The Philippian jailer was listening to them. He heard them praying. He heard them singing. The prisoners were listening. He hits his knees at that moment. Now, I've never, I've never been out and never swam with sharks, but I've heard this. When you're in the presence of sharks and you believe that they are coming to attack you or to bite you, they say the best thing you can do is if the sea and the floor of the ocean is close, is that you go down and you kneel and you cross your arms and you wait. This looks like to me the place of submission under the authority of Jesus Christ. The place that says, God, I've done all that I can. There is an imminent attack, but God, I yield myself to you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You may be under attack today. You say, well, how how do I go through this? Submit yourself to the Lord. Yield yourself in the midst of the attack. When you pray and when you praise, it releases the power of God. They reply, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You know, it's believing and receiving the finished work of Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, his resurrection power. Let me tell you something. Religion is spelled D-O. Do, do, do. There may be some of you here today that you've come into this place and you said, you know, I just need to go because I want God to be happy with me. I, you know, I just need to go and check this off my list from the beginning part of this next coming week that I'm just going to check this off that I, I'm going to do. And let me tell you something. You don't win God's approval that way. It's because Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. It is finished. There's nothing I can do except receive what he has done for me. That's how someone becomes a Christ follower. There is nothing I can do. That's religion. And Christ has one thing to say about religion. He's against it. We are so caught up in doing so many things for the Lord, we forget to realize the Father wants to have a relationship with us. We forget the intimacy with the Father. This this is what He's wanting. You look at the jailer, he makes his decision so powerful that he tells his entire family about it. They They come to the Lord. They become Christ followers. And on top of that, after this, he went out. The Bible says in Acts 16, 33, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, immediately, he and all his family were baptized. This is crazy. A crisis situation a few moments earlier, the, the miracle served not to deliver them out of the whole deal, but the miracle served to deliver the Philippian jailer in his household. 
maybe here today and saying, I don't even know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I don't like it. But God says, listen, there's a greater purpose. There is something greater that I am trying to do you can't even see. You don't even know about. And moreover, the purpose of the crisis was all about the house, what God was doing, what he was wanting to do in them, what he was trying to work himself out in them by faith and trusting him in, in Lydia and, and the Philippian jailer and the whole household that, that I do still believe, like many of you, that God is a miraculous God, that he can still shake the jailhouse that God can come and still shake our own homes so that those that are around you that don't know Christ can come to Christ. I still believe, I'm just crazy enough to believe that in these days that God has yet to do some shaking in our houses and in our lives and in the church and in our world so that people, so that people will come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that he would receive all the glory. Hallelujah, Lord. You receive it, Lord. You receive it. Some of you are going through such crazy things right now. You don't see it. This is about the salvation of lost people. This is about the salvation of your loved one. Come on, you can endure this test. You can make it through. The jailhouse will rock. God will take care of it. And he is the king of your crisis in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.